0: Thank you for tuning in to SMC Adventures Talk It Out. My name is Paige, and today I'm here with Kelly. Hello! So, Kelly, tell me a little bit about your student teaching abroad and your experience.
1: Yes, so I had the opportunity last semester to teach for eight weeks in France in a suburb just outside of Paris. Mm -hmm. Um, So it was about 20 minutes on the train to get to Paris. Mm -hmm. And while I was there, I was teaching in elementary school. Uh, I was teaching a fourth grade class, and I was teaching all subjects from math, science, social studies, to art and music as well. Mm -hmm. Um, So that was a really powerful experience, and it taught me a lot about the educational system in France. Mm -hmm. And then also a lot about just the culture and... French food, which is, of course, amazing, and mm-hmm. um, I stayed with the host family, too.
0: Oh, very cool. And so, you're teaching in French. Yes. What was that like?
1: Uh, so, that definitely took some time to adjust to. <laughs> um, I The first few weeks, I about two weeks or so, I was observing my teacher and just fitting in with whatever students I could, mm-hmm. um, but then after that, um, about my fifth week, my teacher had said that there was an opening in the school. Uh, for a substitute, and they couldn't find a substitute. Mm. Um, So they asked me to take over the classroom, and she would substitute in their classroom. So I was left completely alone Wow! (laughs) in the classroom. And uh, while I was there, I really was forced to kind of just um, step up and take what I knew about the French language and about French discipline, and Mm. really enforce that. Mm -hmm. Um, So that was an adjustment for sure. And Especially because the kids knew that I wasn't um, that French wasn't my first language, mm-hmm. um, so it took a little bit of time to adjust to that language, and then also just to be able to make sure that they were learning and having a positive environment too.
0: Mm-hmm. What made you decide to student teach abroad?
1: Um, for me, it was my freshman year. I was actually debating between minoring in French uh, and math, or just in math, and. My advisor, Dr. Delano, was super supportive in continuing with both minors. Mm. And so when she said that, I was a little hesitant because I knew that French necessarily doesn't go with elementary education Mm -hmm. um, or I wouldn't be able to use it in most settings. Um, But then she encouraged me and said that, you know, you never know you could teach in a bilingual school and Mm -hmm. you could um, student teach in France. Uh, We've never had anyone who's done it before, but Mm -hmm. um, it would be something that we could look into together. Um, So ever since my freshman year, we worked together to create um, and establish a program to student teach in France. Mm. Um, So through my experiences teaching English over the summer in France as well, I was able Mm. to connect with different people. Mm -hmm. And then I found out even that I have distant cousins who live in France. Oh wow! So
0: (laughs) that was a nice discovery. (laughs) A small
1: world. Exactly. Um, And so then while I was there, I ended up living across the street from my cousins because. Wow. She connected us with the family <laughs> um, and I lived with the host family there and she connected me with the school as well. So okay. for me it was something that I knew that I wanted to continue learning French and being able to possibly use it in a bilingual school in the future. Mm-hmm. So teaching in France would really prepare me for that.
0: Mm-hmm. And. Were your two different experiences living in France? Were they similar, different? Like what was that like?
1: Um yeah, so this summer I was living in a tent. I was uh, wow. a campus, so <laughs> <laughs> they were very different. Um <laughs> I, we did not have any buildings, um, there were some very bad storms that trees were falling on to wow. almost our whole site as well. So it was very different in that way. It was similar to like a camp out in the woods here, mm-hmm. very little cell service or anything, um, but we were teaching English in a total immersion setting. Okay. So I was forced to speak English 24-7 and I could not let the students know that I knew any French. Wow. Um, So that experience was really, um, it was challenging for me because I could see a child in need and I was not able to respond in French because I was, my role was an English language counselor. Mm. And so that was hard to, but then I learned that that was how the students learned a lot of English as well because Mm -hmm. they would purposely come up with questions to ask me um, in English because they knew that that was all I understood or so they thought. Mm -hmm. Um, So then this fall, I was living with a host family, I was in a town, Um, there was a lot of, like not too far from Paris, so there was a lot of life going on, Um, I was able to meet a lot of local community members as well, Mm -hmm. um, whereas the camp was more uh, structured from an international perspective or people coming from farther away.
0: Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, What do you think, what do you think you learned the most about through this experience? Um, I would say I
1: learned um, how I can overcome uh, really any challenges. Um, I say that in particular when I was left alone in the classroom. Mm -hmm. Uh, When I was teaching alone, uh, the students really did challenge um, my own values and my own um, teaching styles. And by the end of the week, I was really unsure if I was even called to still be a teacher um, Mm -hmm. just because I felt like I had no control over the classroom. Um, and then I learned through trying out a variety of different methods and different styles of teaching as well um, that even though it felt to me like they weren't working or that the class was total chaos, um, to them they actually still learned a lot because when the teacher came back um, they were still running up to me giving me hugs and they were still really appreciating the experience and so I kind of learned too that even in the worst Environment where I thought I was at my worst, um, they were still taking something out of it. Um, and mm-hmm. when I thought I was really strict for them, that was not strict at all, because mm-hmm. they're used to a very strict classroom. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was an interesting difference as well.
0: Yeah, can you talk a little bit more about that difference? Yes,
1: um, so actually one of the first days when I was in the classroom, um, there, my main classroom teacher, um, there were two girls who were in the middle of the classroom, and they were talking when they weren't supposed to be talking. Um, And without any reminders or anything, she had told both of them to go into the corners of the classroom, turn around and face the wall. And for me, that was a very, very surprising experience because here that would never fly. Mm -hmm. Um, So it was just a very traditional setting and outlook, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, And there were several other instances that were similar, but to me that was like the first time I noticed it. So that Mm -hmm. was what stood out to me. And I had went over and I talked to each of the students and I asked them, do you know why you're over here or do you know what you did wrong? And both of them had said, no, we don't know what we're doing. We're just listening to our teacher. Mm -hmm. And so for me, there was no really connection to their punishment Mm -hmm. per se. And so I think that there was something that I didn't necessarily understand. But at the same time, I had to really recognize that this was not my culture. This was not my place to really overstep any boundaries. Mm -hmm. Um, So I had to kind of just follow along with some methods that I didn't necessarily agree with. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think that was where I was really allowed to grow um, because... Mm -hmm in that setting too, it really challenged me to think about, well, I'm sure there are many other people who feel the same about our school system and our culture as well, and so just being aware of the fact that I was in their culture and I had to kind of adapt my ways according to that. Mm
0: -hmm. No, that's very interesting. Mm you said you met other people within the community. How, I guess, how did you do that? Was that yes. through your school or through your host family?
1: Mm-hmm. Mostly through my host family. Okay. Um, my host mom in particular, she was mm-hmm. incredible. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was a part of a sewing club, oh. and so I joined the, um, they had like the 50 and 60 year old mothers <laughs> that have their, <laughs> their sewing club, That's but okay. I absolutely loved um, being there with them because mm-hmm. I... Oh, I learned how to sew for one in French, so (laughs) Uh that was neat. Um, And then I also just, I really got to see their whole culture come out, too, because they would break at about 4 or 4.30 every day, Mm -hmm. and they would have their, like, tea and cakes together. Mm -hmm. So it was very traditional, like, what you would think of a French culture, and they would Mm -hmm. sit down and enjoy um, their delicious treats together, and I just (laughs) thought it was the perfect picture of what you would think of a French culture. Mm -hmm. So for me, that was a great way to be involved in the community. And then I also, um, with my host mom, um, she was very connected with our church as well in the neighborhood. And for me, that was really great to be able to meet other members through the church. Um, Mm -hmm. For example, there was one family who had recently moved to France from Lebanon. Okay. Um, And so they were, I don't even think they were officially living in France. Um, They weren't, like, legally living in France. Mm -hmm. But um, they were, the kids were learning English. They were Uh, I believe six and eight Mm -hmm. and so uh, every Monday my host mom would go over to their house and tutor them in French because their French was um, needing some work still. Mm -hmm. Um, So I met them at mass one weekend and they were adorable and they came up and they noticed that my jacket had New York on the button and they (laughs) loved that. (laughs) So they were pointing to that, and Mm -hmm. I just instantly knew from their smiles that they were adorable. And I wanted to go with my host mom then every Mm. week as well. So I actually ended up tutoring French with her. Mm. Um, And so we each would take one of the kids and we'd switch off, who would um, get each as a teacher or as a student. Mm -hmm. And um, as we worked together, I would help them with their reading or with math, whatever they needed. Mm -hmm. Um, And so for me, that was really neat because I was teaching them French and their first native language was not English either, mm-hmm. so like we didn't really have a common ground I guess, but at the same yeah. time it was really neat to use their resources to kind of talk about how we could improve their work and seeing, mm-hmm. learning how to read, I guess, in another language too was neat.
0: Yeah, no, that's so. very cool experience. Mm-hmm. And what about, um, kind of, what did you do with your weekends? Did you travel yes. around or did you stay close in your community? Yes, um,
1: so... On the weekends, I had a lot of great ideas, I guess, Um, and some plans that ended up falling through because there were riots going on when I was there, Um, and in order to access other cities, I had to go through Paris, and Mm -hmm. they actually shut down all of the trains and the metros uh, one weekend in Paris, Wow! and they were basically advising people not to travel Mm -hmm. because they were blocking all of the roundabouts, and they were causing, um, there were gas bombs being thrown, and there were major, um, they were burning plaques of wood in the middle of the roundabouts or really just anywhere to call attention to the fact of the difference in um, socioeconomic class Mm -hmm. um, because it is one of the largest um, in the world in France Mm -hmm. and so although their reasoning was probably um, they were supporting a good cause, the ways they were going about it I thought were um, a little bit limiting or made it difficult as um, as an American being there as well, it made it a little bit scary to travel on weekends. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did have to kind of keep that into consideration. Um, I didn't mm-hmm. want that to, or I didn't want the fear to control my experience. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew that something could happen anywhere, but just yeah. knowing that the risk was much higher than normal, mm-hmm. I didn't want to be in a situation where I was um, in the, at the center of that. Mm-hmm. So I did cancel a trip to Lyon one weekend, which is um, near... Uh, Germany and uh, Switzerland, mm-hmm. so I would like to go back someday. Um, but I think that on those weekends as well, or that weekend in particular, my host family took me to see different um, castles or neighborhoods in the oh, rural parts of France. That's very cool. Which were incredible because I would have never sought out those places on mm-hmm. my own, um, but they took me um, to the places where they knew that there wouldn't be the huge crowds and. Mm-hmm. That I will forever be thankful for, because I saw so much into the culture that way, too. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I also did, though, um, even with the rides, I did manage to get a few visits in. So I went to a northern city in France, um, Lille. Um, We have our exchange program through St. Norbert goes there. Mm -hmm. So it's really nice to be able to see what that's all about. And I had a friend that I met over the summer who I met up with there. Oh, very cool. So that was neat. And then I also um, went to southern France to Biarritz, which is right by the Spanish border, Mm -hmm. um, and crossed over into Spain one day as well, um, because my host sisters lived there actually, so it was really nice to, I took a 12 hour train to get there, (laughs) or not a train, a bus, and Mm -hmm. um, then got there, spent the weekend there and then came back for school, so it was nice to, so I got a little more French exploration, Um, I didn't Mm -hmm. really get outside of France too much, but I know there's so much more to explore and I was thankful to just really delve into the French culture.
0: Mm Was there a lot of, did you have a lot of conversations with people from France about the rioting and, like, with your host family?
1: Um, I did have a lot with my host family Mm -hmm. um, because I was technically, or I was usually watching the news with them or Mm -hmm. that was, they would advise me on whether or not they thought it was safe to travel. Mm -hmm. Um, And for me, uh, from my perspective, anyone at the school or my host family, too, that I had talked to was thinking that they were going over the top and they didn't agree with the ideas. Mm -hmm. However, everywhere I would go, you would see, um, they would call them gilets jaunes, which is just a yellow jacket, and they Mm -hmm. would be sitting in the front of people's cars to show support, and I saw those cars everywhere. So I know Mm -hmm. that there was a good number of people who did support them, Mm -hmm. um, but everyone I had spoke to was not agreeing with their... Um, their methods, I guess, of mm-hmm. protesting as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and it went on for several weeks. It was every Saturday for, wow. like, five or six weeks straight. Mm-hmm. And it just stopped because of Christmas, basically. Okay. Otherwise, it probably would have continued as well.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so it was really interesting to have those conversations with my host family as well. Um, yeah. And once they had advised me not to travel that one weekend, mm-hmm. I knew that I should trust that because they were very willing to, you know, just let me go on any adventure, um, mm-hmm. and I knew that that had to mean something.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting to be in a country when there's such political unrest. Mm-hmm. Definitely, mm-hmm. yes. Yeah, I had those experiences in yeah. South Africa with protesting and, mm-hmm.
1: yeah. I can't imagine living there, like, every day in that
0: yeah. kind of environment.
1: It's just a lot
0: mm-hmm. to overcome. Um, so now that you're back at St. Norbert, mm-hmm. you have been teaching French in the high school. Yes. So, what have you taken from your experience living in France now into your classroom?
1: Um, I've learned that bringing in the culture and bringing in the realistic aspects of the French culture mm-hmm. um, and language are really crucial in a classroom environment. Um, so, for example, I focus a lot more on the speaking and pronunciation that. People will learn in the classroom as opposed to the written component Mm -hmm. because I find that really when you're over there what matters most or how you're able to get around most is through the language and through speaking conversation Mm -hmm. Um, and so just being able to have those conversations and be understood is really important Mm -hmm. and then also just showing kind of the realistic elements of the French culture that are kind of um, sheltered or hidden um, Mm -hmm. from American society because our perceptions of the French as well are very different from what the actual case is, mm-hmm. as are theirs of Americans, you know. Yeah. Just how it usually is. Um, mm-hmm. So I guess I really try to eliminate some of those stereotypes and mm-hmm. bring in any mm-hmm. way that I can.
0: Very cool. What do you think are some of the main cultural differences between French culture and the culture mm-hmm. of the U.S.?
1: Um, I think that the mindset around school is very different. Um, for us, I think that we're growing into a culture that is more like surrounded around the idea that you should enjoy school or you should have a positive outlook on learning and um, growing I guess, mm-hmm. um, whereas for them school is based on the individual, it's based on your own, um, your own individual growth. So if you do not do your homework or whatever that is failing you in your own future and so you must, um, everything is very orderly, there's a set handwriting that everyone must learn at a young age. And every child writes in this cursive, very beautiful handwriting, but (laughs) it's all the same. And Mm -hmm. there's just a little bit more, I guess, stricter culture around the schooling in general. And school is not meant to be a fun place. It's not meant Mm -hmm. to be something you enjoy. Mm -hmm. It's meant to be somewhere where you learn so that you can gain something in your future career, and
0: that is that. Interesting. Mm Yeah. Sounds quite (laughs) different. (laughs) Yes, (laughs) definitely.
1: So there are some ideas like... Mostly through my talking with my host mom that I really learned about their philosophy on those ideas. Mm -hmm. Um, And then also I would say, too, um, with uh, religion in schools, Mm -hmm. Um, I was teaching at a Catholic school. Mm -hmm. um, But I would never be able to tell it's Catholic compared to our Catholic schools here. Oh, really? For them, even praying in a Catholic school is not common at all. Really? You you might see uh, some signs or maybe they'll have one mass throughout the entire school year. But when I had mentioned that we have Mass Weekly at some um, schools as well, mm-hmm. um, they thought that that wouldn't be legal or that wow. there was... That was very surprising to them. So them for them, church and state are very separate, even mm-hmm. in a Catholic school. Wow. That's mostly just because it's private and it needs extra funding, but mm-hmm. it's um, it doesn't look Catholic at all from the day to day.
0: Wow, that's interesting because to me, mm-hmm. I would think that they would have it more closely tied. Mm-hmm than we do. Right. And we, like, clearly have it stated, like, Definitely. they should be separate.
1: Right. And that made me realize, too, that we do, we are, are much more connected to our faith in private schools, mm-hmm. um, than they are as well. And it's interesting, too, because they are, France is rooted in the Catholic faith as well. Mm-hmm. Um, however, the percentage of people who are actually still Catholic in France mm-hmm. is extremely low. It's, I think, almost, like, 20% or so okay. actually are practicing Catholic, so it's very, very low, and they have um, they're almost always empty, so that was interesting to see that as well.
0: Wow. Is there anything else you want to share about your experience?
1: Um, I guess I would just say, like, to anyone who's like considering um, going abroad or teaching abroad, just to really <laughs> embrace any challenges that you're given. Um, at certain moments, you think that. Maybe I can't um, continue on, or I'm not sure if this experience aligns with my expectations, but Mm -hmm. it's something that it really is life-changing, and when I came back, I guess that was when I really realized how life-changing it was, Mm -hmm. Um, because when I was teaching in a classroom here, I felt like I had two times more energy, and I could continue the day so much longer, (laughs) because I was thinking in English, Mm -hmm. and it was just the simple difference there, and so now I really can empathize with people who are learning English for the first time, too, Mm -hmm. and I think just really learning those values there, um, make a huge difference. And I guess I really can't wait to go back to and Mm -hmm. discover more of the world now. So yeah, yes, go for it and take that risk because it's worth it. So
0: that's awesome. Well, thank you you so much for coming in and telling your story. Of
1: course. Thank you. Mm -hmm.
0: What happens abroad stays abroad unless you talk it out. If you're interested in sharing your story, contact us at Study abroad at snc.edu